and welcome to another episode of the Fan the Flames Football Podcast. This is episode two of this week, um, possibly three uh, total. We'll see what happens. Uh, James and I were on last night that podcast. I don't know when it's going to come out just yet. Um, if it's going to come out Thursday or Friday, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that uh, went on this past week and between liberty and personal life and just job holidays everything so uh it's chaos for me but um that's okay because we got another episode for y'all and i got jay bird josh burdick on here with me tell me a little bit more about yourself and your fandom and yeah take it from there yeah ben thanks for having me on i appreciate it man i've been a huge fan of yours for a while on twitter and following your stuff your podcast so it's uh fun to be on here with you um yeah a little bit about me my my twitter handles jbird82 and that's uh where i've met so many other liberty fans actually in that hangout area of social media space so that's been a lot of fun for me um my fandom started in 2013 when I was going to grad school at Liberty. And uh, I remember at that time, people were talking about us going to FBS. And that was kind of the goal of of FBS football. And I thought at the time, man, there's no way. Like, I don't think Liberty is going to be able to go FBS. I don't see it. I don't know if we have the fan support. I don't know if we have the money. So I kind of buried that thought and just thought, well, let's just be really good at FCS football. And at that time, I was a big Husky, uh, University of Washington Husky fan. So I was paying a lot of attention to them and then a little bit to Liberty um, because I was, you know, FBS football was kind of the that's major college football right there. And so, um, but man, when we moved up to FBS, I, that's when things started really grabbing my attention. Um, so even though I was going to school at Liberty and living over there, going to FCS games, my fandom took another turn when I realized that the vision of moving to FBS, uh, Falwell Sr.'s vision coming to pass, I thought, well, here we go. I'm, I'm seeing this play out in front of my eyes as a, a Liberty alum. And so I jumped on and, and um, man, I've just been all Liberty ever since. So that's kind of where my fandom's grown from, Ben. And uh, from here on out, I just started getting in, involved with, uh, you know, some writing for different outlets and stuff like that. So, um, my yeah, my master's degree is in communication. So I was actually, my project was focused on club sports at that time. And I wanted to go into uh, media. I wanted to go into sports media. And so, um, man, a perfect dream of getting to, you know, cover Liberty football and, and uh, with different outlets has been awesome for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to have you on. Uh, that's awesome. That uh, with having the comms degree and just being able to want to get in sports media. At one point in my life, I actually wanted to be like ESPN, all that good stuff. Um, yeah. And then I switched over <laughs> to like, oh, I want to be a football scout. And then it was like a hundred different things. Um, as the the listeners have heard, my whole spiel on that as well, um, which I'm actually. Yeah, that? yeah, which I'm actually going to have a podcast about that actually uh, at some point in the offseason yeah. about more about that type of stuff and how I look at recruiting and things of that nature. Yeah, I can't wait to hear that. That's, that's some uh, good insight to listen to right there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So 
Man, it it was an interesting weekend. Um, you actually got to be there <laughs> this yeah. past weekend. I know <laughs> yeah. we were talking before the pod, and you haven't been to Liberty since 2014. Well, that was yeah, what I. That's what yeah, you that said, right? Yeah, me, man, was 2014. Yeah, for me, it's been a long time. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll jump into the thoughts of the season, but just looking at Virginia Tech and uh, yeah. how I've like not just Virginia Tech, but also the experience and the atmosphere compared to 2014. Which yeah. 2014, just to put it in perspective, not to make you feel old, was actually my grad from high school year. So, and I actually wanted to come to Liberty. So who knows? We could have probably connected. Uh, who knows, you know, uh, before yeah, right. <laughs> now, but um, it's funny Absolutely. how that actually works. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I mean, for me, just driving up on game day, going up the hill, um, I came in through under the tunnel, under the train track area, that, that entrance and man, driving up there, seeing all these rows of cars everywhere, Virginia tech fans. Um, I had to, I had to take it in for a minute and video on my phone real quick because I just thought I cannot believe I'm pulling up into a parking area where all these Virginia tech fans are getting out to go to our stadium to watch a football game. Uh, it just blew my mind that that was actually happening. So that was kind of my first um, surreal moment was pulling in that parking lot and just looking at all the waves of Virginia tech fans and Liberty fans walking into the stadium and, knowing they were playing at our place uh, was surreal. Um, and then just getting up there, it just felt so um, amazing to see the facilities, to see the football stadium where it is now, looking at the sea of red fans, the student section. Man, it was gorgeous stadium. I mean, I was, I was just taking it in throughout the whole game. I could not believe that we had gotten to that point in our history of football. So... That, that for me was awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for me. I think uh, the realization for me was the BYU game uh, mm. was that was like a whoa, what the heck? Yeah. And then when, when I mean, my first glimpse of it, honestly, was when we played Army last year. That was like mm. a whoa. And then now BYU was like a huge step <laughs> between yeah. Army and BYU. No offense yeah. to Army, they, <laughs> you know, they're always a solid football program or they at least compete and oh, yeah. yeah and then honestly the virginia tech i got i was texting people and they're like hey man like this just doesn't feel like byu they're like the crowd and then i get there and it's way bigger than byu and i'm like i don't know what you're talking about i don't know what i was missing like yeah. there's a lot of people here like this is the yeah. first time in my because uh, I also, I mean, I worked the games in 2020. This is the first time that I, in 2020, not really counting because, you know, there wasn't like there was much attendance anyways. But yeah. um, like, I was like, this is like Kyle, uh, Liberty Mountain Views, who's, you know, part of this podcast. Him yeah. and I actually met at the elevator by accident. You know, we're like, hey, what's up, man? And <laughs> we go down and then we're like, dude, this feels so much bigger than like anything. Like, mm. and when we went to go through gate one, which is what we usually go through, uh, it was full all the way back, you know? And I was like, this just yeah. does not feel like 
what it was like. And it was a good feeling. It was a good problem to have. And it took me yeah. a half an hour to leave the Liberty parking garage. Like, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so it was it awesome. Just, it's, it's you though. Yeah, for sure. Like those are good problems to have. Um, of course I, like I tweeted about it. I I'm hoping that they improve on that type of stuff in the future. Cause I think, uh, regardless of what people think with the conference USA thing, I think that, uh, attendance and fandoms only kind of grow from here uh i see a lot of people who are flipping to liberty fans i see people um getting very frustrated with losses which is a good thing too whether people want to (laughs) believe that or not you know so um regardless of the goofy stuff they may say um but uh yeah so that's a little bit of my thing to kind of piggyback of what you said as well um so when we're talking about atmosphere Switching to the game, what was really yeah. your thoughts about the game? Yeah, I mean, I think it was probably right after halftime. I started feeling like, do we have some leftover emotional issues going on from our football team after that UConn loss? Like, it just kind of felt it felt flat to me a little bit. Um, our defense was giving up bigger plays than they normally do. Um, a lot of explosives that I haven't seen us give up all year so it just kind of felt like one of those games where even though we played them tough and it was a close game we could have we could have won that game um we definitely didn't play our best football and we still only lost by one point to virginia tech so that's that's saying something um but yeah I, i did feel like we were a little bit flat i didn't i couldn't figure out if salter was having trouble getting in a rhythm or bennett because they were kind of coming in and out of the game um, but it, it did feel like we we're, we we're missing some energy a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things, um, because I, I was going to address this in my solo podcast and I think I'm still going to is yeah. the fact that like, I think a lot of people forget, like I'm 26 and I'm young to, to most people. They're like, Oh, even like my coworkers, Oh, you're young. These are 18 to 22 year olds for the majority part of it. And they have a lot of pressure on them. And people are like, oh, well, Alabama. It's like, listen, listen, we're not Alabama, first of all. (laughs) You know, we're not. I mean, and Alabama's apparently not Alabama this year. We're, you know, like a little bit. Like, and that's the thing, even like Georgia's. Georgia went on the road to Missouri and was flat against Missouri, and that's midseason. You know, so like this whole idea that, you know, um, I think, yeah, they ended up winning, of course, because they're just more talented. But I just I um, I agree with you for sure. Like, yeah, we did. And no excuses. I'm also kind of like a mentality of like, hey, I don't want to make too much. But like I I had uh, I think it was Danny Canal on the cover three podcast. Um, He talks about how, like, you know, first of all, like how Hugh Free says, like, you know, football winning in college football is difficult to begin with let alone when you have to deal with 18 to 22 year olds who are growing up into young men and they are you know they're having to juggle juggle plays and understanding the playbook all at all moments they're trying to have a social life because they're big men on campus and then they whether people i mean at least at liberty we we put our athletes in in through school um, and we want them to have success on the education side. Right. And then on top of that, 
you know, they're also juggling sleep and family and, um, you know, just, just the sense of like travel, like, you know, it, and I mean, I think, uh, a lot of people have had, what do you call it? Uh, just like, um, recency bias and Mm -hmm. we forget that just a couple weeks ago we beat arkansas on the road you know yeah Yeah. and arkansas just throttled a top 15 team for some reason that's still ranked in the college football players and ole miss so which staggers my mind but yeah it's you're right man (laughs) we forget we forget quickly yep yep and uh, i mean of course we're disappointed as we should be especially with the uconn loss Virginia Tech is disappointing because it's in state. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, I feel like I've thought about this a lot more than even just last night when I yeah. recorded the other podcast. So I just wanted to air my uh, grievances as well. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, I know. We're here for each other, right, man? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, no, I, I think that. I remember being 18 years old playing high school basketball and sometimes you had a girlfriend issue going on and people didn't know that that were parents and you go out and your mind's not on the game or for whatever reason, now you're dealing with, you know, 18 to 22 year old guys that have personal lives like you're saying and sometimes it like you know, again, some of the top teams in the country sometimes just come out flat in a game and you can't always figure out why but it happens to everybody. Um, and we just, unfortunately had that happen with V tech and, and UConn. Um, so I, I mean, I'm with you. I don't want to make excuses either. I think our defense has just had a couple bad games. Uh, we needed our offense to step up because the defense has carried the team a lot this year and they just couldn't quite get it done. Um, I mean, we could go into reasons why too, Ben, but I, I definitely want to hit on the importance of like just the fact that we're where we are right now with Liberty football is amazing. It has been an amazing ride. I mean, if you told me before the season that we were going to be Arkansas on the road and hammer yeah. BYU, I would have never thought that was going to happen. Yeah. I had the, in fact, I had it the opposite way before this season. So I, I mean, just to be sitting here griping about losing by one to tech and that we were favored in a game against Virginia tech, who has been the best P five school tip historically in Virginia. That's true. I mean, yeah. That's, uh, that's saying something, but, um, you know, I do think looking back, Ben, I think that we were really missing day day hunter when he got hurt, that guy had a lot of explosive plays. He took a lot of pressure off our quarterbacks. The guy always picked up positive yards. He's, I, I think he's one of the best running backs in the country. Um, I mean, at, at the very least of the G five level. Um, but I think you could even go countrywide. I think the guy's one of the best right now. And he's that hurt losing him big time. Yeah. So, we could talk about that more, I guess, if you want, but um, as transitioning into that, but that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Losing Day Day definitely sucks, but I, I do think, and this is where I'm frustrated, is TJ Green, I think is, uh, people are going to think that I'm crazy saying, I think he's just as talented. I really yeah. do. I, I, I think it's a shame um, that he got injured because since he got injured, it really killed uh, his momentum into the season. Yeah. And then Tay Day just took off. Um, like, I mean, honestly, that was kind of the expectations was Day Day taking off. And sure. 
I, I didn't expect him to be this great, um, but I knew he was going to be very good. And with that being said, you know, I, I'm not really sure with like uh, eligibility when it comes to COVID year and stuff with mm-hmm. TJ Green, if he's going to be able to come back next year. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm really interested to see. Saturday is actually a big day just for me to think about who's coming back next year, you know, yeah. just for, <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. just to <laughs> kind of figure out. I know it's a big, big thing for obviously the coaches and stuff, but like, like, for example, Malik walked last year at New Mexico State, and everyone's like, whoa, he could still come back because he said still has two years of eligibility. It's like, uh, you know, <laughs> I, you know, that was debatable. Um, so, uh, yeah, with that being said, you know, TJ is very talented. He just came off a yeah. very fantastic league. And the problem is, it isn't the fact that, um, you know, because I know that people speculate like, oh, he just didn't have the gas in the fourth quarter against UConn. With that being said, he had one carry against Virginia Tech, and it went for eight yards. Yeah. And you kind of like, that's my biggest team? criticism yeah. all this year. How can you take a guy who just ran for 110 yards and had yeah. like 40 yards reception and just give him one carry the entire game? Yeah, I was. Uh, that was a question mark I had during the game. Was where's TJ Green? Where's TJ Green? Because I know the guy can play. He just had a big week against UConn. You and I saw him do it against Eastern Michigan last year in the bowl game. He's yeah. shown that he can play, and uh, to not use him at all in that Virginia Tech game seemed very odd to me. Yeah, yeah. It's. I'm curious of. What is playing time going to look like this week? Um, this week, I'm taking it very casually. I'm looking forward to this game um, yeah. just because, like I mentioned it um, last night when I recorded the podcast with James, like yeah. future conference USA rival. Like, yeah, they might be on the other side of the country, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's still cool to, you know, play a rival and uh, in a way, you know, and we've played them quite a bit. I mean, we played them in 2019 and 2018 twice. So both those seasons. So remember that they're a familiar opponent, different coaching staff, Jerry kill being a part of this. Now, um, before we want to talk about the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to, I just want to continue a little bit about this run back, but I I think I'm going to let's, we'll talk a little bit more about this. And then I want to talk about the New Mexico state game. And then we'll talk about the season as a whole. I think that would make a little bit more sense. Um, so yeah, more about with running backs, uh, you know, what um what do you, what would you think with like the, between just a running back and I think another issue was was a quarterback rotation oh, um for sure yeah yeah and what what are your opinions about honestly not just quarterback rotation quarterback room as a whole mm-hmm. yeah I think um you know obviously I love Hugh Freeze and so I'm seeing a critique of just from uh looking at the overall picture of things, but I think sometimes they have subbed guys in and out too fast and other times not use guys where a green, like TJ green just disappears and doesn't play at all during Virginia tech. And after he just had 110 yards rushing or whatever it was against UConn. Um, So I, I think that's a critique I would have is just sometimes how the rotation goes with the running backs. Um, And then, with the quarterback room, we got loads of talent. There's no question about that. I don't know 
looking back at the Virginia Tech game, I feel like maybe he should have left Salter in longer or left JB in and just picked one and let him roll with it. Um, because obviously I think the fumbles were killed us. I mean, the fumbles to me were the difference of the game between Salter and, and Bennett, but um, I would have loved to have Salter go back out personally and see what he could do after that fumble. Cause he was moving the ball. They were driving. Uh, so sometimes I've had questions about, rotation with running backs and quarterbacks at times i know you know obviously jb was um starting had a great game against some schools this year i'm not taking that away from him um i know salter was hurt so they needed him to play and he did but uh yeah i just sometimes question the the rotation of those players man uh because i don't understand why especially with green why did green not play on saturday after he did against uconn um and he's the bigger back you know shedro is definitely that explosive guy but tj is going to be the guy to get those tough yards in between the tackles and um you know i just didn't know why he wasn't playing so good question that's my take on it yeah for sure yeah and and you know, I agree with you. You know, I didn't, I was kind of a fan of keeping JB in through the whole game. Just let him sure. ride it out. Um, One of them, also, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. When it, it shocked me when we went back to JB, like for the last drive, I was like, yeah, I was, that's, that's what, where I was like, what? Wait, hold up. Especially so, after what Salter had done all year and yeah. that, you know, in the fourth quarter on a final drive against Wake and, um, you know, Southern Miss. I mean, the guy's money <laughs> at the yeah. end of games, yeah. but yeah, and who knows, you know. And of course, I I need to rewatch that game. I've I've had a hard time wanting to rewatch the game, but um, I need to rewatch it because there were at least one of the reads I thought were the wrong read because it was a read option um, mm-hmm. where he he took he he chose to take it for himself. Um, I believe one of them was one where he just essentially just got stuffed had like right at the uh, line of scrimmage. So I kind of, you know, I I also think with, I don't put it all blame on him either because like he's just getting thrown into a game and then all of a sudden we're changing the offense too. You know, that's what people need to realize is JB can run and I don't understand why he doesn't run as like, for example, when he did against BYU thrived, like, and then, cause then they were like, oh shoot, now I have to have a guy uh, on defense, the key on JB, right? Make sure that he's, you know, spied, you know? So, and then all of a sudden we bring it, throw in Caden and now we're running read options and I'm like, what's going on here? So that's another thing because it's a different dynamic. Now, of course, I still think Caden is not Malik in the sense of running skills. So you're going to rely on his arm more than his feet, but yeah. uh, he does bring a different dynamic. And I think even Nate Hampton does too. So hence why Nate Hampton's only thrown like 10 passes this year. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's more of my thoughts. Do you have any else other thoughts when it comes to that Virginia tech, and then we'll move on to New Mexico state. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, besides the running back rotation and then uh, I'm with you just sticking with one of those quarterbacks or sticking with JB and just let him roll with it. Um, after what he had done against Arkansas and, um, you know, BYU, but um, I guess the only other critique I had was the thing that bothered me was the amount of explosive plays we gave up that we normally don't on defense. And 
I haven't gone back to watch it to see exactly what happened. I was sitting in the berm, so sometimes I couldn't see quite what was going on on the field, but yeah. it just felt like our defensive line maybe was getting moved around a little bit more than I thought they would have. Um, I don't know if the linebackers are out of position too. I know we didn't have Walker in the first, what, three quarters of the game. Yeah, was that so what stupid. it was? Yeah, something yeah. something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that hurt, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think just giving up those big explosive plays because I was, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking we got a 1917 lead. We've Virginia Tech doesn't seem like they're that explosive offensively. We should hold them and we we weren't able to do it. So, yeah, for sure. And the last critique, I'm not going to make a big spiel out. It was the situational play calling. I talked a little Mm -hmm. bit about last time. So, yeah, um, I wasn't a fan of that. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, Guess what, Coach Hugh Freeze, if you do listen to this podcast at any point, that's an honor, by the way. Uh, but it's also at the same time, uh, I don't want you to get fired at all. <laughs> I'm no. not calling, you know, you know, I am 100% like stay here forever. Like, yeah. um, but uh, I'm having critiques more of both players and coaches. I think both of them deserve to be critiqued. It's sure. It's and here's the thing. I love every player on this team. I really do. I think they're all great guys and I'm excited and I cheer for them. This is not me just being like, oh, whatever, you know, trying to just armchair quarterback or GM or coach or whatever. Sure. Um, you know, I don't have nearly as much coaching experience experience as much football knowledge as I think I know, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, at the end of the day I don't. So um hopefully one day at least high school ball. Um We'll see next next high school football season. But um, moving forward with New Mexico State, yeah, James and I talked a little bit about this last night. Um, he, uh, like I said, we had some technical difficulties, so we didn't go too deep in the woods with it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do think it's an interesting game to preview. It's the last home game of the year. It's the last live football. Well, it probably will be the last live football game I get to go to. Um at least from the college level, I'm going to try to stick around for the high school games, um, depending on how far LCN Heritage go. Um, and I know that uh, VHSL Class 3 and 4 both are hosted in the Williams this year. So maybe, oh, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll go to one of those games too. But awesome. um, yeah, it's the last Liberty game and last college football because I will not be going to the bowl. Um, doesn't matter where it's at. So yeah, with that being said, I'm, I'm super – excited for this game uh it's it's good to i i last year the army game it was weird it was weird going to because it was after thanksgiving and then we kind of just laid an egg and we just didn't play very well and i ended up leaving early actually because i was like i just i just don't really want to watch this anymore i left after the third quarter actually i believe i was just like ah this is we're not coming back and i had plans with some friends regardless so um yeah, that what's was your tough. thoughts? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That what's your tough. thoughts about this game? <laughs> um, well, you and I were talking before the podcast. I, I mean, I'm stoked for the fact that it's a, a conference USA foe. Uh, hopefully, we start building those rivalries where I think we will have a lot of fans packing out Williams Stadium in the future with teams like New Mexico State and Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee. I think that we're going to build those rivalries with those schools in conference. So uh, I'm excited to see what, you know, what does New Mexico State have for next year and what is Jerry Kill running? Uh, How does he have them playing? Um, So 
you know, there's a lot of intrigue for me on this game personally with that for, especially for next year. Um, man, with the game, I, I feel like they, they scare me a little bit cause they've improved, you know, and uh, I think we should win the game, but I, I don't want to get overconfident because the way I felt with UConn. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. um, uh, you know, I, I hope we come out ready to play. I think it might be closer than what people would like personally. That's my prediction. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of intrigue for me. It, like what you were saying, just especially with the conference USA foe coming in and that we're going to be playing them every year now. So, um, you know, let's get it rolling and see how it goes. Yeah, um, I I don't want to rush through basketball season or even baseball season, but I'm so excited for Conference USA. I just am. It's just going to be fun to because yeah. like next year playing this team again. It's just, it's just I don't know. It's just something to look forward to. It's like wow, we get to be see a conference record next to our standings, yeah. and um, you know, honestly, yeah, we're going to be in a bowl, but like Conference USA starts. To, the Saturday, honestly, if, if we're yeah. really thinking about it, it's a nice to have uh, two teams that are independent that are going to be joining each other in Conference USA um, because the other teams that are going to be in Conference USA are already in Conference USA or they're coming from the SCFs. Right. Um, so um, and don't get me started of Jacksonville State. I am <laughs> I am very, very excited about Jacksonville State. They played phenomenal this year in the FCS in their last yeah. season. So um, they scare but, me too. I think they could be yeah. pretty good. Yeah. I think we might be seeing, and I've said this, I don't know if I said this last week or what, uh, but I said it at some point. I think we'll be seeing Jacksonville State come in the Williams Stadium next year for the Conference USA Championship. That's my prediction. Early prediction. Way too early prediction. But um, yeah. I don't think you're far off, man. I think that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be really fun. I really already like last year with how we played against them in basketball and how, uh, like, man, that was that felt more (laughs) like a rivalry game than, like, Lipscomb really has in a while, you know? So um, I could see a big rivalry with them and us starting for yep. sure with Jacksonville but and I, I'm excited I've already interacted with some of their fans and they're great people but and I've also interacted with some New Mexico State fans too um I'd need to get them on the pod um in the future but uh with that being said noon kick this this Saturday and you know I I don't know considering the teams that they played with Wisconsin and Minnesota uh yeah you know, Jerry Kill playing his old uh, team in Minnesota. It, it's just, they've had some tough games to say the least. They have. Um, yeah. They had a and, tough schedule for them, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not the, not the really the schedule that you really want as someone who's as a team that's trying to get to bowl. eligibility. And then they had a game canceled because of an unfortunate uh, loss of the player on the San Jose state um, team. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. They're, they would have had to win more games early on in order for them to be eligible for any type of bowl. So that's yeah. that's that's frustrating to watch. But, yeah, you're right. This team has improved. And I think they're going to rely actually on the transfer portal heavily and getting a lot of JUCO guys. And if they do that, they might be a decent team in the long run. I'm not saying that they're always going to be bowl eligible. 
Yeah. I don't think they really have the future for that. Yeah. In the sense of consistent bowl years, but I think they'll at least uh, be competitive and we'll see what type of team they bring out on Saturday. They have to travel all the way across the nation from new, new Mexico and Las Cruces to come to little old Lynchburg, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that does help us out for sure with the travel. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah hopefully, I'm hoping we see a lot of TJ green on Saturday. Let's get him going and just, chew up the run game and take some pressure off whoever that quarterback is on Saturday and, and get this W. Yeah, for sure. I've been saying this for a while. I just want to see us blow out a team. And yeah. as much as I'm cheering for New Mexico State outside of Saturday, I, I just because they're future conference rival, they I, we need to finish the season strong. And yeah. It's not going to be a great showing compared to last week when it right. comes to the fans. I know right. that's already true. I've seen the ticket exchange on Facebook and, you know, people are like, I can't go. And then, like, they're literally giving away to all season ticket members four complimentary tickets. And I'm like, I don't know who to give this to, you know, because mm. everybody that I know is out of town. So, yeah. um, it's a tough that weekend. being said, yeah. it's exciting regardless. And I, I think, you know, you hit on something with – them being a future conference USA foe. I mean, I like to set a tone Saturday of, Hey, when you come into our stadium, you're going to get hit in the mouth by Liberty football. And mm-hmm. we, we, you know, we want a good game. We, you know, we wish you the best, but we want to dominate this game and yeah. set a tone for next year that when we come into conference USA, we're going to be the team to beat, you know? So I think there's a, you could set that tone early by, you know beating them beating them pretty good on saturday yeah yeah i agree um i think that's really all we can really talk unless we want to go deep into stats about new mexico state but i do want to talk about other things for sure no it's all good man yeah yeah Yeah. so looking at the overall season what's been your thoughts um this is going to be I mean, it's a big question, but I don't want to spend too much on it because I want to spend the back end of this podcast on like the future of Conference USA and like a bunch yeah. of other things as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, for me, it's simple. It's been, I think it's been a remarkable season. You you go back a few weeks to us. I mean, really the third week of the season, I everyone thought we were going to get blown out by Wake Forest. You're playing a redshirt freshman quarterback. Um we came out and lost by one point to Wake Forest and could have possibly won it if we had converted that two-point conversion. Um, who knows what happens at that point, but what a phenomenal showing. And then BYU comes to town and we throttle them. It's not even close. And uh, just fulfilling a vision that was cast 50 years ago to see that starting to come to fruition in that game and it, what that game meant to so many people. I thought, wow, this is a highlight of the season with against BYU. Wow. You know, and then two weeks later, we go on the road against an SEC school in Arkansas who's got a winning record and we beat them. And to me, this season has been a, in my opinion, a dream come true kind of season. I would have never thought we were going to do what we did this year. Um, I think the defense has been phenomenal under Josh Aldridge and I'm forgetting the other coach coordinator um jack curtis yes jack curtis thank you but uh they've done a great job after losing scott to smu and um i just 
man, it's, uh, it's been an awesome season. So I have no qualms with it other than really, I thought we could go nine and three, but I thought we were going to lose to Wake Forest, Arkansas and BYU. And I thought we'd probably beat Virginia Tech and UConn and, um, you know, I forgot who else. Yeah, but it was Wake Forest we lost to. But, um, you know, I, I would have never thought we were going to beat Arkansas and BYU. So to me, that's, I mean, those are pictures you're putting up in the football facility of those scores of this is what has launched Liberty football into the next era and, and just a whole nother level of football of beating these schools. So um, historic moments, historic year, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, I mean, everybody's heard my thoughts all season, so I don't have to go too deep into that. I'm very happy with where this team is going. Um, so if you want, we're going to shift right into uh the future. So I yeah. feel like that's a good segue. Um, yeah, let's do it. Uh, so here's the funny thing. All right. So I pulled up this, this is, this is some uh, inside baseball as one could say. Um, I pulled up our future schedules before we signed on the sign conference USA. And I want to go over them real quick. quick. Yeah. So next year we were going to play at home versus Bowling Green at coastal, which the sticks that we can't play them next year. That's, I feel like that's the biggest loss loss of the schedule. But uh, at Buffalo, at Eastern Michigan, versus, I mean, at Michigan, Eastern Michigan, it's home. And then home Old Dominion, at Miami, Ohio, at Virginia, that's definitely a tough loss, of course, just an in-state rival. Um, yeah. Stinks not being – I would have probably made the trip up to Charlottesville for that game. Um, home against ETSU, at South Carolina – at home against UConn and at home against UMass. And then funny thing is we go to New Mexico state next year is what it was going to be. And I think that might still hold true. We might hold, go to New Mexico state after Thanksgiving next year, which I hope that I don't really want another home game after Thanksgiving. You know, I, I want to get the home game, you know, you know, I, I think, yeah, the UMass game is going to be November 18th. So I think those last two games will hold true. Um, I yeah. really do. Um, so that's just a look at our schedule outside of Virginia and South Carolina. It might as well be conference USA. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we're playing old dominion, uh, at Buffalo, I think Bowling Green and then UMass and UMass. Yeah. We're still playing against them, but, uh, you know, looking at over the schedule, I, I mean, we removed an FCS game. And outside of South Carolina and Virginia, again, like I said, it's it's a bunch of MAC teams. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and yeah. you know, it wasn't. It's not like it was almost like we were playing MAC 2.0. You know, <laughs> uh, like we were Notre Dame, like half into the ACC. You know, yeah. and the following season was a little bit better schedule. Uh, and I still think it's going to be a good schedule. The only game that I, I know we're going to lose, and I know that I think we've already lost in that schedule besides North Carolina, was UCF. And that was the only, mm-hmm. like, two games that are like, oh, well, that's a bummer, you know, that yeah. lose those two games. But, like, I mean, at this point, it might as well be, like, like <laughs> it was almost like we went from Mac and now we're going into – uh, Sun Belt. So we open up with Coastal Carolina. That still could hold true. I think that would be a great home opener. Um, but uh, then we went to UCF. And then at Eastern Michigan, you know, MAC team, 
home against Ball State, then at App State versus Marshall, and then at North Carolina versus Texas State versus Campbell at UMass at FIU versus New Mexico State. So we were already going to play two Conference USA foes that year. Yeah. And then we were playing MAC teams and Sunbelt teams and then North Carolina and UCF. Yeah. Like, like it didn't tell change me, that much, man. <laughs> no, no. This was yeah. a unique season, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, even continue on in the 2025, and this is kind of really the last year uh, that's really too crazy, um, was uh, at home against Wake Forest at Burns to lose them. Yeah. And then at Middle Tennessee State, home versus Western Kentucky. What do you know? You see a trend here? <laughs> and then um, oh. at Army, that stinks losing that. But like Miami, Ohio at home, at Georgia Southern, and then at home against App State, at home against UMass, at home against Utah, and then at Duke. None of these, I mean, outside of the Wake, the Wake Force sucks losing that yeah. uh, because that's a home game. And, uh, you know, but Duke was on the road. And then, you know, essentially it was Conference USA and MAC. You know, <laughs> that's the majority of our schedule. Yeah. So, um, and then honestly, the only great season that we were going to have uh, was in 2027 when it comes to like, top to bottom and i think we still might uh at least hold on to the virginia tech game and the coastal game and that's uh i think they've reorganized those those years though and it's at duke versus virginia at coastal and then in november those were the september games then in november was at virginia tech and at new mexico state Hmm. so i mean that was the only season and that's multiple years from now and i 2026 I mean, we hosted Duke, and then we were at Wake Forest, and then the rest might as well have been Mac, Sunbelt, and Conference USA. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the problem much. is. Yeah, I, I don't know what the problem is. You know, I, I don't know why independent would be easier for our program to grow when we're playing teams that are. I mean, we're only playing two of them per year. This year, we played four Power Five teams. That's yeah. rare. So yeah, that wasn't the the common thing going on. That was not the common trend. No. Yeah, I think I mean personally, I like I don't have a problem with the schedule that much. I really don't. No. Um, I mean, it does stink to lose those power five schools. I get why in some ways they those power five schools didn't want to play us. I think it's a risk for them, like what just happened to BYU in Arkansas. Um and or you want to go regional and play app state if you're wake forest because they're right down the road it creates a rivalry i think that's why virginia tech is trying to still play us because there's that in-state rivalry type of atmosphere with us um but really it didn't change that much ben it really didn't um when you list it so i had i have i'm excited for it yeah and i think conference sure. USA helps us out yeah and then i like playing the regional games against app state or coast or odu even I'd love to get JMU on that schedule at some point, but playing the Sunbelt teams and it's, hey, Conference USA against Sunbelt, let's see who's better. That has been that talk has been going on a lot. So I'd love to beat those Sunbelt teams and show them that Conference USA is not as bad as they think it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do think that um, I was talking to one of my buddies on the phone. I think Western Kentucky is going to have a down year next year. Um, by down yeah. year, I still think they're going to be bowl team. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think this year they'll fin- finish eight and four. Uh, Middle Tennessee, I think we'll have a better team next year. Um, Rick Stock still is, um, I still think 
is he still the coach? I think he's still there. Yeah, he's still there. Sorry. Yeah. Um, um, wasn't sure if he got fi- fired or anything. Um, but uh, and I don't see why he would get fired because he just had a pretty solid season this year. Um, considering, you know, I mean, I know Miami's not a very good team, but I mean, yeah. beating Miami at this point would have been like us beating Virginia Tech if we did beat them. So, right. like, what's really yeah. different? Of course, they did theirs on the road and they throttled them. But um, yeah, I mean. I don't know, man. It's just everyone's so upset, and we have a we have guaranteed seven home games next year, That's which huge. is crazy. Yeah, it's huge. So, and then we'll have an eighth if we make it to the conference uh, championship. So, having eight home games in one year, I mean, that only happens on the P five level. So, yeah. So, That's not common, man, <laughs> at this level. That's no. awesome. Yep. So I'm excited just like you are. And then, like I said, with Jacksonville State, Sam Houston's recruiting very well. Kennesaw, yeah. I think, is going to be a very, very sneaky good team. They've only yeah. had their team since the 2010s. Um, they're a very young program. and uh, Have you they, seen their record? They're like 60-something and – 13 i don't know what it was it was something crazy i mean they they have not lost a whole lot of games no yeah they're they're sneaky good team like um they're in a very 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 good recruiting state where we've found a lot of gems in this past year's class and this coming year's class and and (laughs) past as well georgia's a good state so um it's very deep um hence why georgia is the best in the country they record they recruit Georgia, Alabama, and Florida very, very well. Um, of course, and they have their national recruits too. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, man, I, I, I'm excited. So, hey, uh, what's your what's your take on? I've, I've I've thought about this a lot this year, and it's probably my my fandom coming out. But you know, I'm happy for JMU that they're good this year. Um, they've had a good season into the FBS. I'd love to play them. I wish we could get that scheduled at some point. Maybe we will, you know, schedules change all the time, but what's your take on JMU? Uh, Do you think they'll sustain this? I know that quarterback transfer they had from Colorado state helped them out a lot. And with, when he was hurt, they were getting beat. Um, But what's your take on them? I'm interested to see how they recruit. Um, I obviously, uh, they're a public university, so they will not have the amount of endowment as Liberty. Yeah. Um, so um, if they have another good year next year, who knows, even this year, they might lose their coach. You know, that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the problem. And then I think Santeo is a very good quarterback. Um, he's no Grayson McCall. Um, let's just be right. real here. Yeah. Um, when it comes to G5 quarterbacks, he's very talented, but He's also kind of a one-year wonder. He didn't really do too much at Colorado State. He fit into a very good program. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to slight JMU because they're a good program. Uh, I think their fan base has been a little bit too hype about the fact that they're in uh, Sunbelt and that they're now in the FBS and they think they're taking the world by storm. Um, And that's just (laughs) not true just yet. (laughs) Like, you know, um, they're not even eligible for a bowl this year and they're only playing 11 games. So um, I think – if I'm right, isn't there? Do they play Saturday? I think they do. They I might play coastal, coastal Saturday. They're yeah. playing coastal, yeah. Yeah. So at least they'll have that. But um, you know, 
with all things being considered, I'm not really as high on them for the future as a lot of people are, um, yeah. at least nationwide. I think they're going to have a very good program, and I think they're going to be one of the better Sun Belt teams in the long run. Um, but uh, it's just, I don't know. They, I, I, they have a very old team, and they had a lot of players. I think yeah. I, I don't know if this is true. I don't know if I read this somewhere, but it, I don't know if it was last year. Uh, I I don't really know. I'm pretty sure last year they re- redshirted players just to oh, come yeah. to the FBS. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Pretty you. sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure they redshirted some like seniors and stuff because I know, and that's not a bad strategy because like I know that like uh, Jacksonville State I believe did that, and I think Sam Houston. Yeah. St- I know Sam Houston State did it as well, so it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Um, if they did that, but, uh, all things considered, I, I, I don't know. I just, I think they're an interesting program, but, yeah. uh, if they lose that coach, um, I think they're in a lot tougher position than Liberty is when losing their coach. I was, it's, I was curious if you were going to say that. Cause I've, that's kind of been my opinion is look at Louisiana, how fast they have dropped off when Napier left. It is really hard to keep coaches at that level if you can't pay them. And I think that's what changes between Liberty and JMU, or that's the biggest difference is we can pay a guy $5 million and they're not able to do that, and I don't know if they can keep him. And if he leaves, you don't know that you can replace a guy at that caliber that quickly. Um, and and Sunbelt is had a decent year this year, but man, those G five conferences can shift in and out year to year, uh, very quickly on who's the best G five conference, you know. So I don't, I think the the hype over the Sunbelt was a little bit over the top uh, at times for me, just looking at the bigger picture. Um, but I was curious what you would, what your thoughts were. So, well, I just wanted to also think about this too. You, you kind of touched on it a little bit was uh you know how in basketball college basketball they're like it's only november i've been seeing a lot of those tweets by like john rothstein yeah. and stuff you know yeah and <laughs> even even my boy yeah. zach mclaurin um but um but uh it's just it's just funny uh it was only september and they were writing articles of how sun ballot is the best g5 conference <laughs> yeah like, right like don't get me wrong. I think the American athletic is going to drop a lot when they use lose UCF Houston oh, sure. and uh, what is the other Cincinnati. team? Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. With that being said, they still have SMU. They still have um, Memphis, which just they're three years removed from competing against my second favorite team, Penn state, you know, in the, in the cotton bowl. And yeah. then on top of that, they also have, um, I, I think UTSA is going to be a very good football program. For oh, the so, and UAB is not terrible. So, yeah, they got some good teams in there. Yep. So, there could, if I, I don't, everybody's like, oh, I want Sunbelt. Sunbelt, you know, I know Rice and North Texas and a lot of these Conference USA teams that are moving on to the American are not that great, but I'd rather move to the American if I, we were going to move out of, the, out of the Conference USA. And I hope by that point we can bring along like a Jacksonville State or yeah. even Western Kentucky or something like that, a team like that to come and be like a buddy program with us. Um, so, No, I agree with you. I think the AAC is still going to be 
one of the, t- the conferences to beat, especially with UTSA. They're they're really good program. UAB is going to be good. I think SMU's got a lot of potential to, yep. to still be a pretty solid program. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, – oh, I was going to hit on something with the Sun Belt, and I was forgetting what – oh, it was – Right when people were writing them as the best conference too, Ben, the week after that, you had App State almost, they should have lost to Troy. Marshall got beat by Bowling Green and the wheels came off quick, you know? So um, it was an interesting dynamic how fast that changed within a week or two. But yeah, thanks for that, man. I was just curious what your thoughts were. Yeah, yeah, and I and I'm excited for the Sun Belt Championship game. I'm excited for the Conference USA Championship game too. I'm going to yeah. be watching all of them um, yeah. this year because I have more interest than ever um, into all these different because it's like we're on the borderline. Uh, yeah, getting, but I'm cheering for Troy. I mean, that's no slight too, against man. Coastal or J- I know Jam. I don't think JMU's eligible to get in, but like or even like App State. Um, and I don't think App State's going to be able to make it either um, for the East. I don't. I, need to check on the bids of that i don't know if they've officially announced i think this weekend's going to determine a lot of that but um you know with that being said you know it 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 was pretty interesting like and like all the liberty fans um i mean all the liberty fans that's general but a lot of there was quite a few of liberty fans um not a lot i keep on saying these generalizations um but there's quite a few liberty fans were like man i really wish we were in the sun belt all this other stuff it's like listen man sun belt isn't it's I do think they're a little bit better than uh, Conference USA right now on paper, but until yeah. that ball gets snapped next year and we play a whole season, we don't know. We have no yeah. clue. And they brought on Southern Miss. Shout out to Sippy Sports Show, good friend of mine now since I've yeah. been on his show the first week. Super Very nice guy. Yeah. yeah, and I and I like all the Southern Miss fans for the most part. We've had good, but um, and they wanted us to come in as they said, but. They they got a big upward uh, trajectory that they had. Well, a good hill to climb, rather, um, for Southern Miss. They're in a very tough recruiting state that's yeah. dominated by Mississippi State and Ole Miss. They get the best of the recruits in there. Don't get me wrong. They can rely a lot on the JUCOs because that's a great JUCO state. But yeah. with that being said, you know, you have to deal with some things – from that side shout out to the egg bowl that's actually tomorrow night but uh you have to hit you have to deal with some things for like southern miss and then um i mean even odu odu's they're in a good recruiting territory but like yeah. i like ricky ronnie i don't think he's that great of a coach i really don't yeah and then because i saw him at penn state he was the oc at penn state when he left i was first of all shocked and second of all happy <laughs> um you know because he he held us back in so many different ways um yeah. so you know it, it's it's really tough to yeah the the seeds haven't been announced but utsa will be playing for the conference usa title obviously i just don't know the two sun belt yeah i think troy's gonna win the west though but um yeah, i've been yeah. high on Troy since that um they beat marshall so they almost beat app state then they beat marshall the next week and i thought i think this is the team to beat that yeah. nobody's hardly talking about in the Sun Belt, but they're good, man. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, I think, um, man, Southern Miss is definitely going to have an uphill battle with with recruiting there too, man. Absolutely, it's a tough place to recruit. 
Yeah, and, and I think even with like the um with uh Marshall too. Speaking of Marshall, yeah, um, it looks like it's gonna probably be well coastal. Oh, Jam, you might have. A ch- I think this might be to win the East, so they might have a chance to uh, go to um, uh, the conference championship this year. They might have a chance. I don't know. I thought I read that somewhere. Um, I think this weekend's going to determine that. But Coastal and JMU um, are the top in the East, and then Troy and Alabama are tied six and one in the conference. And I'm pretty sure. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, because Troy beats South Alabama in a snoozer back in October, and it was a defensive battle. And I don't know how that's going to work when it comes to, I think, maybe Troy. I mean, if they win, obviously, they're in, and I think they'll beat Arkansas State. But uh, with that being considered, you know, just looking at the Sun Belt as a whole, I mean, Georgia Southern had a surprisingly good year. Uh, Georgia State has kind of, came from out of the ashes and uh had a pretty solid year uh app state man man they oh. they struggled man yeah and don't get me wrong i think unc is a very good football team and they had a chance to beat unc but they shouldn't have beat troy they shouldn't have at no, all they should beat them yeah so I kind of wonder because Troy is uh, Troy's only losses against App State. I kind of wonder why they won't have the advantage because they already beat South Alabama. So I don't know why they haven't already won the West. Um, mm. So that's that's interesting because Troy lost to an East Conference team. But yeah, it, it's it's. I think the Sun Belt's very interesting and intriguing. But I don't think Liberty, outside of the regional aspects. Fits yeah. the footprint of what the Sun Belt was trying to do. Sun Belt, yeah. I'll be real with you. There's not a single program outside of maybe App State that I see with much upward tra- trajectory. App State's mm-hmm. the only team that I really see that can really grow in that conference. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't see ODU. I don't even see. Marshall was great back in the FCS days and even in the early 2000s. Um, 90s, especially with Randy Moss and Chad Pennington, and right. um, I'm pretty sure Byron Leftwich played at uh, Marshall too, um, if I remember right. I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. So they've had they some, some very players. quality players. So, yeah. but at the same time, they're in West Virginia. It's not a very good recruiting state. Yes, they're near Virginia yeah. and near Ohio, but I mean, again, there's there's a lot of more play. They're gonna have to rely on the transfer portal. You know, absolutely. So. Yeah. I feel like Sun Belt is going to become the ultimate transfer portal league. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think you're right, man. It's uh, yeah. I mean, that's the only th- reason I was kind of leaning with the Sun Belt was because of the regional factor of having, especially ODU and JMU right there in Virginia as a rival. But we're already we're playing them. We're yep. playing at least ODU. You know, we're playing ODU and Coastal and some of those teams, and we're still in Conference USA. So it worked out, you know? Um, yeah. No, I would much rather be in the AAC if that ever opened up. I'm with you there. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. I feel like AAC is like the stepping stone to the, like the power five. And yeah. here's the thing, like, just to be honest, like, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying that the coastal, I mean, not the, that uh, the conference USA, excuse me. I'm not saying that conference USA has a bunch of programs that are on upward trajectory. I think sure. it's kind of the same thing. I could see yeah. Kennesaw State, though, growing 
and I could see Sam Houston even, and I could see Jacksonville State. I could see all three of those programs, FCS team, just because they're kind of the unknown at this point, and even a Western Kentucky. Because I think Western Kentucky is better than North Texas and Rice. and um, Oh, for sure. What's the other program that came in? Uh, Oh, FAU. Uh, I I think FAU is just – I mean – I don't see really much with FAU. So I think they're going to have a good year this year. They have Willie Taggart at the helm. He's a great recruiter, and he's a solid, very, very, very good and solid uh, coach. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of my whole thoughts on the conference realignment and everything. I love talking about this stuff. So I'm glad glad, uh, we could go there. I was wanting to talk with you about that for a while, actually. So I'm glad we talked about it but yeah, yeah. i I'm, and i'm with you i don't think that conference usa and the sunbelt are really that different right no. now i think it's pretty even with most of the schools um you know i it might be my bias i think liberty and app state are probably those two programs in those conferences right now that have that upward trajectory uh i think jacksonville state could be really good i've been high on them since they i found out they're going into conference usa I think they could be really good, but, um, but outside of that, it's kind of, I think it's pretty even with those conferences. Yeah. Yeah. Jacksonville state, they only, they only had one bad loss this year and against, it was against Tulsa. They lost 54 to 17 and they're nine and two overall. And I th- what was the other team they lost to? shoot because they beat Kennesaw in overtime oh man I wish I could have watched that game that would have been fun Um, I think it was 35 to 28 or something like that Um, so it was a really really good game Um, but uh, yeah I mean uh, with that being said uh, they're a good they're a good program and they've I mean, they beat Central Arkansas this past weekend, 40 to 17. They beat Eastern Kentucky, 42 to 17. Austin P, 40 to 16. Oh, they lost to Southeastern Louisiana, and I think they're in the playoff, Southeastern Louisiana. Is. Okay. Um, yeah. And they throttled North Alabama. Yeah, it was overtime, 35 28. Nickel State, they throttled 52 to 21. Yeah, 54 mm-hmm. to 17 against Tulsa, which who knows? It just might have not been a very good game overall. And then Jacksonville State uh, beats uh, M- uh, Murray State um, 34-3, Davidson 35-17, and they throttled Stephen F. Austin to open up the year, who was, I think, mm. a top 15 team, 42-17. And people were like, I, I remember tweeting that out, and someone said, uh, I don't know if it was you, I don't, it might have been you, but it was someone who was like, no, it was someone else on the Liberty Twitter. They said, uh, don't they have 85 scholarships this year? I'm like, no, they don't. Not, not yet. They're not allowed to until they officially move up to the FBS. So yeah. um, it's not like they had much of an advantage. They just – a lot of people want to recruit. I mean, a lot of people – a lot of recruits want to come to Jacksonville State because they're like, oh, shoot, Rich Rodriguez <laughs> at right, the helm. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know. And I'll tell you what, that's the thing to me about Conference USA, and I know I know we're taking the conversation a little different for a moment, but that Conference USA to me might have over the Sun Belt right now is you look at the head coaches in Conference USA. Rich Rod has been very successful. He's been at Michigan. I know he struggled there, but he was pretty good at Arizona, very good at Western uh, West Virginia. Um, McIntyre at FIU, I know they've been terrible this year, but man, he's had the most success at Colorado of anybody in the last probably 15 years. 
in the Pac-12 and got him to the championship game in the Pac-12. Um, who else was it? I mean, Hugh Freeze, obviously. Uh, Jerry Kill at New Mexico, you know, he's been all over the place in some big programs. Success. I mean, I think there's some pretty good coaches in this league right now. Yeah, Western Kentucky, their their coach as well. He's he's been there um, since 2019. Tyson Helton. He's actually Clay Helton's okay. younger brother, I think. Younger oh, that's brother, who it is. or older brother. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Let me see. Hold on. It says right here. Younger. Yep. Yeah, it's younger. Of t- uh, yeah. Clay they, I mean, he's had success. Clay Helton's had success at USC and now at Georgia um, Southern. Yeah. 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 So I mean, it'll be. It could be a pretty intriguing league next year with some of these head coaches that are in the league right now yeah and sam houston states again they're only a couple i know it was a COVID championship but they're only yeah. a couple years removed from winning the fcs national title i know they've yeah. had a tough year this year but a lot of it has been i think they've lost some transfers too and then on top of that they just had an older team i think that year as well mm-hmm. so they i think they're younger um and they're um they're just talented. I, I don't know. It, it, they're in a recruiting hotbed of That's Texas, it, which man. is the yeah. best. Yes, California might have the highest, and Florida as well might have. But Texas, at the end of the day, is still Texas. <laughs> Everybody in every single town has a football team, it seems like. Yeah. So Yeah, they're still in a hotbed of recruiting. So, and some of the... Two stars from Texas are better than some of the four stars from like Hawaii and such, you know. Oh, sure. Um, some of the yeah. smaller states. I know Hawaii doesn't have a ton of them. I know they've had the Tagalavolias, uh, Tagalavalias. I, I, I would always get his name wrong. Tua Tagalavolia. Yeah, Tagalavalia. I'm just rambling at this point about <laughs> Hawaiian names, but uh, Mariota, of course, as well. But yeah, um, you know, um, with that being said, you know, um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, we'll see what uh, what really all these FCS teams look like. And this is a football podcast, but I'm going to be a lot more interested in the basketball season next year <laughs> than this season. I, I love Darius, and I'm excited for this season. Obviously, just got done watching the Bradley game, um, and I've watched every game this year. But I'm very excited. And that baseball I'm going to try to catch as many games as I can because Dales Baptist and Louisiana Tech and West. Man. There's some teams, man. And the most underrated part of that all is actually women's volleyball team. Volleyball. I tweeted about this on because I'm also on that sidelines. That is a scary good volleyball league. So, and Mm. seems like Liberty's improving in that. So, like, I don't know. It's just going to be (laughs) – this is again a football podcast. I can't. Ex- I can't. Uh, that's my expertise. That's what I love talking about the most. But I'm still a Liberty guy who cheers for Liberty Athletics and the rise of Liberty Athletics. And this is a step up. It may not be in football right now and look like it on yeah. paper, but it is for all the other athletics. So it's why huge, are we man. not celebrating this? Yeah. You know, this is an FBS conference for the entire athletic department. <laughs> it's it's a huge jump. Yep. Basketball is going to be, dude, when New Mexico State comes here next year, I'll, oh, it's going to be rocking, man. <laughs> yeah. And, and when, when, like, Louisiana Tech and Western Kentucky, like, I mean, come on, man. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, going to be fun. Cool. Yeah. So, 
Um, no, I'm you're right, man. That's huge. Yeah. And you know what? I, I want to sneak this in there. I know we have a baseball-only affiliate in Dallas Baptist. I wouldn't mind seeing us have a all sports but football affiliate in like a Bellarmine or something like that in the future. Mm. You know, bring them yeah. into basketball and su- such. You know, I know they want to promote football, but I think we would be okay at 10 uh, for a while. So, yeah. But, um, you think they'll add any more, by the way, um, to football? Because I think 10. <sighs> What about the money, you know, at that point? Is it too many teams to take from the slush fund, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to keep that 10. Like, Kennesaw was a good addition. Let's keep yeah. it at that, you know? You know, it fits you again. They the were the one made sense, Ben. What's Kennesaw, that? Kennesaw made sense to me over anybody else right now. That actually made sense to me. Yeah. Of a re- realistic team you could get. Don't get me wrong. I wish we could bring in maybe a Montana, Montana State, and then both of the Dakotas, Northern Dakota, both yeah. of the Dakota State. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Those are really good additions too, but they're almost out of the footprint almost too much because there's such yeah. a big gap between those two. And they're, you know, I th- I think if anything, there would be a Mountain West addition, all four of those teams. Yeah. And um, again, I think sense. we'll see, like I said, I think – I. I I don't know if I mentioned this in the recording, but like I said before, I think there's we're going to see uh, some some programs in the next ten to fifteen years not have football programs. Yeah, and I think it's going to go down some of these some of these different programs that just can't sustain budget wise. Um, you know, I think that's the tough part about all this. So um, I don't know. I, I'm not a I, as much as people were panicking, that's I'm definitely not in panic mode. I'm just happy to be in a yeah, conference. Me too. I'm not panicking at all. I think we, you know, let's see how we do with Conference USA. If we can win some conference championships, great. It gets us even more on the list of maybe going to the AAC at some point. Let's take care of business. And I don't think there's much of a difference between Conference USA and the Sun Belt for us right now. Yeah. So yeah. let's yeah. go. And I'm going to throw in this last tidbit so we can wrap this up here. Uh, Watch out for Liberty in the Big 12 in the next 10 years. That's all I'm going to say. We talked about it before. Uh, Wouldn't surprise seeing us in the Big 12. It seems like they want to widen their market. They already brought a UCF. They brought a Cincinnati. They're kind of like, to be honest, people are complaining about how people are playing with Conference USA. Big 12 is basically the same it's, footprint. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they have to go West all the way to Utah. Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> so, West Virginia to Utah, man. And it's, yeah, it's spread out. But yeah. they got private schools, man, like we were talking about. And I could see them grab Liberty as one of those other schools that's nearby West Virginia and pull them in. Yeah. You know, I think you're right. And, um, hey, real yeah. quick on recruiting, um, before we wrap up, I just wanted to mention, I, one of the trends I've noticed, and I'm just curious on your take on this is it seems like Liberty's kind of pulling about 10 to 12 high school guys a year and leaving the rest open for transfer portal because of how quick you can grab talent and case in point example for you, Jeremiah Shaq, who I have nothing, no ill feelings towards him decommitting. He's got to make the right decision for himself, wishing the best, but I saw fans freaking out about losing that commit and i sat back and i thought you know what maybe five years ago i would have not anymore you go you can find really good receivers in the transfer portal and they're already on a couple of them right now 
Um, but I'm curious what what's your take on that whole thing? Um, well, first of all, with um with the receivers on there, and I think a lot of people I've I've seen some freaks freak outs and some private conversations too, with just some friends as well. Not yeah. to call out anybody. This is a lot of different people. I talk to a lot of different liberty yeah. people, so I'm not trying to call out anybody. But I've seen some people call out um, some particular um, players who just haven't worked out just yet, or they're just not fitting in. Whether they're freshmen or and they're, they're like, oh, end of the world. And I feel the same thing as like when we lose like a commit. Um, even um, what was it a uh, uh, was it Ezra Odajor? that we yeah. just lost Ezra Odenjor. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. He was defensive end or defense tackle, one of the two. He was yeah. either either way. And I mean, again, like who was our top player this year? You know? Terrell Johnson, man. Well I'm, talking, well, I'm talking oh. about in general. Day Day oh. Hunter. Day Day Hunter transfer. Yeah. Yeah. And he came from Hawaii. So and speaking of programs that I could see no longer having a football program, I could see Hawaii not having one because just the way that they're just, or if yeah. anything, go down the FCS. But even at that point, it would be tough just because, you know, they are a island, you know, they're not inland. Yeah. So uh, that's tough, yeah. you know, with budget of travel and such. Uh, but with that being said, like, man, I don't know. I'm I'm just not someone – uh, who gets too afraid of decommitments, but I also with the transfer portal, um, this year's going to be interesting. This is a, so first of all, they moved back the early signing period to December 23rd, which is crazy to me. I don't know why they did that. Don't know why they moved it back from the first weekend of Wednesday, uh, first Wednesday what? of the, yeah, it's December 23rd, two days before the biggest holiday in the United States. Um, I don't care what you celebrate. Any sense? Yes, yeah. So I get you have more time, but they moved it back. I just, I just realized this the other day because I'm starting. It's starting to get back into recruiting season, and this is my favorite part of the year. Actually, I love football season, but I, um, it's probably my second. It's probably my yeah. It's my favorite, and then I like watching the season. Obviously, it's you know, um, they're pretty neck and neck though. Um, I just love recruiting, um, and. You know, it, it's 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 interesting with the transfer portal because now they have limits um, when you can leave. Now mm-hmm. players are announcing, saying, I'll enter my name into the portal. But, like, you can't do anything about it, man, until the season gets to that point where, you you know, you know yeah. people were leaving just, just, just in August, you know, before they released these restrictions and these windows. They were saying, well, I'm just going to, like, for example, not to call it Jerry, Jared Dogie, but he went from Western Kentucky to Troy. He's only played a few snaps this year because um, mm-hmm. he lost the job to Austin Reed, who's been, played fantastic for Western Kentucky, by the way. Yeah. was another transfer uh, from D2's West Florida, and that's just like one of the examples. And I'm just like, huh, you know, this is going to be interesting to see because right now, if you look on the transfer portal website, you can't really find any names. You'd have to peruse Twitter. So, because I'm like, I'm wondering who's in. It's not out there yet. It's not public hmm. information yet. Um, yeah. And I don't even know if it, they have access to the 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 coaches have access to it at this point. You know, I don't even know if they're allowed to contact these players because of the windows. So this year's going to be more of a rush, which I like because 
to me, I, I, I wish that you would have it from uh, the early signing period to the February. I wish you would have an open window for people to sign and for people to to transfer. Those yeah. would be the two things. And with the yeah. transfer portal, I wish this would happen. You have one-time transfer free. You can transfer after you commit. Um, not after you commit, but after you sign. You have, But you have to play a full season with that team that you originally commit to. So you get one-time transfer after that first season. And then from there on out, the only other time you can transfer is after you graduate. Hmm. I get people are like, oh, well, coaches, blah, blah, blah. Coaches very rarely in a span of five years, because I know this has been a unique time with six years eligibility um, because of the COVID year, but it's not going to be like this for the incoming freshmen. They're only going to get five at most with the, with a redshirt. Yeah. Um, right. So with that being said, you know, it's you rarely see coaches leave two different jobs and go to two different jobs within that five-year span. You just don't, especially head coaches. Right. Um, so and at the end of the day, yeah, of course, you're, recruit, you're getting recruited by your positional coach, but you're also committing to a school and a head coach at most. You know, that's right. that's where, you, where your priorities should lie, at least. Um, yes. Of course, the positional coaches should leverage uh, your commitment. But with that being said, I think it's going to be very interesting because – I'm not a. I'm all about the free transfer rule. I think that's wise. I think it's good. Um, have to have immediate eligibility when you leave because I think the transfer portal is going to create balance, and we've already seen that this year. And I think we're going to continue continue to see that. Um, for example, one of the top teams who I love, and it stinks that they lost to Georgia um, earlier, uh, but Tennessee just got smoked by South Carolina, who's a bunch yeah. of transfers and they're being yeah. let in Tennessee was being led by a transfer from Virginia. So like, it, yeah. it's just, it's just crazy to think about. So like, there's a lot of good balance in that. And like Brew McCoy, for example, is a great example of he's a Tennessee guy who started, he committed to USC and then left USC committed to Texas and then uncommitted there went to USC and then left the team by spring ball or something like that. And then, um, you know, it's, it was like a crazy thing, you know, and then he eventually yeah. got kicked off the team or something like that. And now he's playing for Tennessee, you know? So there is some good things that come with this, but it's going to be very interesting to see how that affects high school recruiting too. Like you said, yeah. um, how is that going to affect the idea of, um, you know, are you going to focus more on developing players? I don't, I don't know if this pertains to the transfer portal, but a good example is Clemson. Dabble Swinney does not like bringing in JUCOs or transfers. And I don't hmm. think he's brought any transfers in the transfer portal. But here's the fun thing about that is people are still going to leave his team. So, you know, and and whether people want to believe it or not, there are going to be some players, maybe they're not starting, that are going to be depth players for Liberty that I will leave too. Sure. I, I think we have a culture, though. We haven't really seen it yet. We haven't seen much attrition. And I don't think we will, to be honest, in the long run, as long as Hugh Freeze is at the helm. Yeah. But with that being said, I'm interested to see how this year's strategy is between high school in transfer, because like you said, we have the commits that we do. I would like to see a high school commit. I've expressed that on Twitter um, for for running back because I don't yeah. know what TJ Green's eligibility and day day. You know, he's got two more years, which is great. 
but Shed Rose, I believe, only has, he might have two or, I don't know. That's the interesting thing with this COVID thing, you know? So you kind of want to have guys that that are kind of lined up and have developmental, but you also want to look for your Nasir Watkins and your Cam Reddies and your, um, uh, I mean, even like Skylar Thompson last year and oh yeah, uh, he Day was, Day, yeah, yeah, and so it's going to well, be like interesting Mike to Smith see. Junior, right? What's that? I mean, Mike Smith Junior was a JUCO transfer, right? Yeah, but I mean, those don't really count. Those those are just commitments yeah. at that point. JUCO is just they they're just commitments. Um, Got you. So like those are eligible immediately, no matter what. Um, so oh, who's the, the other guy, the corner that I like a lot from the FCS level. Oh, uh, um, Preston Hodge. No, Singleton. Oh, Singleton. Okay. Yeah. He's been a nice, you know, he's got three or three more years of eligibility, I think. And yeah. A nice addition. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh yeah. He, yeah. I think with his COVID year, yeah, he have three. So it's going to be interesting because we killed it in the transfer portal this past year. I really do believe that. Um, and our biggest get wasn't even an impact this year, unfortunately, with Charlie Brewer. He just, at the end of the yeah. day, he was the biggest get when we yeah. saw it on paper. And he's a very talented player. It's just, he's just had very bad luck with injuries, and that's okay. Um, I hope he's doing good. And I really did want to see him play at some point this season, even though my favorites oh, were Caden. And I thought inevitably we were going to see a lot of JB just because how experienced he was in this offense. Mm. Um, but, Which is um, how it played out, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I can't believe that actually worked, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. it's going to be interesting. I'm not, I, I think we got some hidden gems um, on this team, and I'm going to go deeper into them. I think Cam Shanks is a very DeMario Douglas-type mold um, out of Alabama. Yeah. That guy is a beast. Um, I'm a big fan of Hank Brown. Um, I think he's the future at quarterback. I really do. Um, when Caden mm-hmm. and Nate move on, um, Reese yeah. Mooney, he's a very talented quarterback too. He's also a baseball player too. So he's coming to Liberty, not just to play football. Um, I, I don't know too much about Reese Mooney. I've you know he's doing very well down in Louisiana, but he's a guy who I mentioned could be a John Reese Plumley who could play multiple positions before he takes over the quarterback spot. Yeah. I think he's a good enough athlete, especially if you're playing two sports, <laughs> you're probably a good enough athlete. Kind of like yeah. John Reese Plumley, who also played baseball as well. Um, and now is thriving at UCF at the quarterback spot. But, um, you know, th- there's guys like that. So this is a very healthy class. This is a very, very good class. Taj Boyd is, probably going to be the steal of the class at, at he's probably our future left tackle <laughs> you yeah. know and like he's coming lot. from oscar yeah. smith which recently just got upset in the virginia playoffs but he's still a fantastic mold he's let's just say i can't wait till december 23rd gets here because <laughs> i don't want to lose him by any means yeah. and i don't think we will that's but, a big um, hit i like him yeah. a lot yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> so that's just a little bit of a preview of the recruiting. I know I kind of rambled on for quite a bit, but it was with a little bit of purpose. <laughs> yeah, I was no, I was just wanting to ask you a little bit about it. But, you know, I, in my observation has been that the transfer portal has definitely changed a lot of recruiting 
especially I think some some of the skill players too there's a lot of them in that portal that you can grab when you have a decommit from a high school guy and it just doesn't seem to affect you as much uh, as it used to um i think you still got to build with the defensive and offensive line hopefully you get some high school guys that you can develop but it paid off this year getting a bunch of grad transfers though on the o-line so um yeah it's changed the game man a lot well and here's the thing uh we still got reggie young um, and there's some young players overall who I think are going to still develop into some very good offensive linemen. Brian Hannibal is one that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Very talented guard. Um, who's just as young and, you know, he's, he's going to get there at some point. Um, even, even guys like, uh, uh, Hayes and, uh, Will Buchanan and, uh, what's it? I'm trying to think of, uh, I think it's Chase Mitchell, um, is another oh, one, yeah. you know, yeah. there's, there's just, I'm not even looking at a roster. So I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. There's, there's still a lot of talent to be found. And then you add a Kale Grubbs who's coming where his buddy's already on the team, Mark Cal Fortenberry, um, right. wide receiver, who's the future at wide receiver. I think that kid is going to be a stud. He's <laughs> Yeah, him, yeah, him, and Kylan Austin, and then you add in a Cameron Shanks, and oh, man, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, even like, a guy, yeah, the guy from Singapore, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, is, is, it, is, it, is it Nasaku? I think, I, yeah, I think that's I think there's a bunch of like, P5 programs that were trying to get him too, yeah, yep. He, he, you know what, him and Caillou for the basketball program are probably going to be the same type of guy, like the unknown. And then they turn into the superstar. Like, yeah. Yeah. So they both, you know, foreign international players, you know? So right. um, that's pretty awesome. It's cool to have, uh, I think it's uh, Ma- Mamadou Sasaku. I think that's how, that's what, how I think that's, um, yeah, that sounds so, right. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm really thrilled. Um, I'm gonna go in deeper with this, and of course, I think we're gonna have a chat as well at some point. You can yeah. write up an article about that, yeah. but yeah, this is my favorite thing, dude. I just I need the like I said this week. I'm gonna be watching a lot of huddle. <laughs> Let's just say that, <laughs> you know, I, I yeah, watched their junior year stuff, but like yeah. I didn't get to watch, you know, the full tape. So I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm looking forward to that episode. But yeah. Uh, yeah, hey Ben, it's been good to be on with you, man. Thanks for having yeah. me on. It's been so fun talking Liberty for sure. Athletics. Yeah. yeah, and people are, you know, gonna get some content this week, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Going on for almost an hour and a half, but we covered a lot, so that was good. And it was long overdue. Sounds good, man. Well, hey, we'll connect again soon and uh talk recruiting. Yeah, for sure. Well, Josh, again, thank you again for coming on and um, enjoy your time with your family and have a happy Thanksgiving and happy Thanksgiving to all you guys. Go Flames and God bless. Phantom. All right, man. See you.